athletic competition. It can easily be broken down into two parts. The minutes or hours it takes to complete the event. Then weeks, months, and years of joy or heartbreak. Finally, the decades to analyze and debate it. From the press box to press row, Donald Ware will break it all down for you with an in-depth look at historically black college athletics, as well as the biggest news stories and newsmakers of the day. It's time to talk the talk with those who walk the walk. From the press box to press row, here's your host, Donald Ware. Got it locked to the Dopey Show on radio from the press box to press row. I am your host, Donald Ware. As always, got a whole lot to get to on today's program, mostly NBA talk because the NBA is hot and heavy. I, You know, I really loved the play-in situation. I want to talk more about the NBA playoff matchups. I thought the game between the Warriors and the Lakers was everything that it was built up to be. Phenomenal game. LeBron James comes through late. You can call it luck. You can call it what you want to call it. But that was a phenomenal basketball game. Uh, I think the NBA has to be extremely, extremely happy with how things ultimately played out and how they're ultimately playing out with the NBA play-in situation. Of course, we know LeBron and some others, Luka, etc., at least at, at the moment when they spoke, not happy about the playoff situation. And it's interesting, even though we didn't, we it's passed. I think LeBron ultimately said he thought that whoever came up with the, the play-in scenario should have been fired. But, I mean, LeBron is about the fans, and the fans love this. So, I mean, I think he was just talking – out of frustration. I mean, the Lakers just, they just didn't get it done in the regular season. I'm not sure if they can get it done ultimately throughout the course of the playoffs. Will they be able to even beat the Suns? Maybe, but I don't see the Lakers winning the NBA championship. Let me set the table for you today. I also want to talk about the Naismith Memorial Hall of Fame. Not only those who were inducted on last Saturday, but those who are going to be inducted for the 2021 Naismith Hall of Fame. Um, we're going to be joined, and speaking of the Lakers repeating as champions, we're going to be joined by Sendog. Sendog, a member of the legendary group Cypress Hill. He's, of course, a Lakers fan from L.A., everything Lakers. I'm going to ask him, does he think the Lakers can repeat as champions, also going to talk about Cypress Hill and some other stuff. Sendog, of course, member of Cypress Hill, going to join us today here on From the Press Box to Press Row. Very much looking forward to that interview. Again, as I mentioned, I, I want to talk about the pro ba- the Naismith Memorial Hall of Fame, the inductees that are upcoming for the 2021 season. I want to talk a lot about the NBA playoff matchups. So we're going we're gonna to do all of that today here on the program. I want you to stick around. As a matter of fact, Sendog, 
going to be joining us in about 15 minutes here on From the Press Box to Press Row. You can participate here on From the Press Box to Press Row. Hit me up via Twitter at Box to Row, B-O-X-T-O-R-O-W, or on Facebook, B-O-X, the number two R-O-W. You can also follow me on my personal Twitter account or hit me up there at where Donald. Thank you to all of the wonderful affiliates around the country that carry from the press box to press row. I mean, I think about the our affiliate, and we, we're talking about NBA playoffs, right? Our affiliate in Portland, Numbers FM carries us, right? The Portland Drill Blazers doing their thing or trying to do their thing in the NBA playoffs. So thank you to those that listen to us each week on Numbers FM 96.7 there in Portland, Oregon. Those listening to us on Sirius XM Channel 84 and those that listen to us around the world at BoxToRow.com. So as mentioned, I mean, I thought all the elements were there and all the people that talked about Steph Curry and he hadn't done much against LeBron James and, you know, he hadn't done a whole lot in the NBA Finals, which... I mean, I think a lot of it is true. I mean, when you look at the, even you go back to the 2015 Warrior Championship, he wasn't great. 17 and 18, I mean, it was really Kevin Durant that carried the load for for the most part, right? Steph was absolutely incredible. He just didn't have, there wasn't enough help ultimately. And I watched I mean, I watched that basketball game in the first half. I mean, everybody, not everybody, but a lot of people said, I mean, I thought, I thought, and I predicted that Golden State would win that game. Obviously, I was wrong there. A lot of people really said that Golden State was going to be, was going to get blown out of that basketball game. But I mean, if you watched the Lakers, right? I mean, LeBron, still a little bit gimpy. Uh, You know, Anthony Davis, I mean, Anthony Davis is good. Right. But, you know, the other players to me, really not enough. And to me, that's why the Lakers are not going to repeat as champions. R- right. And, I, and listen, a lot of people are saying now that the Lakers are in. The Suns are up first. I mean, I'm not going to say the, the, that the Lakers will at least get to the NBA finals. I'm not willing to say that. Like, I'm not willing to say that the Lakers can even beat the Suns. OK, get past the Suns. I mean, you still got a lot of work to do, a lot of work to do. I mean, I'm not sleeping on Denver, no Jamal Murray, but at the end of the day, Denver has played relatively well without Jamal Murray. Now, Jamal Murray was everything to the Nuggets last year. I remember coming back down three games to one twice to ultimately win series Couldn't get it done ultimately against the Lakers. Jamal Murray was a huge piece in that. So you'd have to see. I mean, but then again, the Nuggets added some pieces along the way. I just think that Murray was, I mean, he's just so, he's just so good, not only scoring, but with the basketball, generally speaking, how do you replace that coming into the playoffs? I mean, I think that is awfully tough on Denver ultimately moving forward, but we'll see how it plays out. I mean, that's a tough matchup. That Blazers and Nuggets series is intriguing. It's tough. Maybe the toughest series. I mean, you can look at the Knicks and the Hawks. I mean, I think the Hawks ultimately win that, 
right? I think the Hawks are a better team. I think they're deeper. I think the Knicks are good. I think the Knicks are more of a good story than right now than a really good basketball team. The Hawks are really good, an experienced coach, uh, a superstar young player, some really good other players there in Atlanta. So there's a you know there's just a lot going on. But getting back to Steph Curry and that game against the Lakers, I mean he just needed some more help. I mean I thought that Kent Bazemore would would play relatively well. I mean you go think back to his days with the Hawks, uh, right? Those playoff battles. Uh, you know, Draymond, I mean, it, it, they just didn't have enough. And, you know, again, I mean, I look at Schroeder, like Schroeder wasn't, he was all, like, he wasn't great. And you're going to need, <clears throat> excuse me, a Dennis Schroeder ultimately moving forward to play well for the Lakers if you want the, if the Lakers want to win the championship. And remember, the dynamics of this team, totally different. Than last year, when you had a guy like a Dwight Howard, you had a Rondo, you had some of these players that had the experience that you don't have this year. So it's a different team. If you think that LeBron and Anthony Davis are going to be able to carry the load by themselves, that's not going to happen. All right. And those other players, they're 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 okay. But this is a different team. So I don't ultimately see the Lakers winning. Uh, this thing will ultimately see how things play out uh, with the Suns. Maybe they get past the Suns. I just think that, you know, you have some experience there with with Chris Paul. I mean, the Suns are a good team. But again, I mean, and more, I think, you know, I liken the Knicks to being a good team and a better story. The Suns, I, I, I would say that the Suns are more of a good team then a good story. I, I mean, and let's not let you can't discount Monty Williams as the head coach. You cannot discount that because he's got some championship level experience, albeit as an assistant coach. So you cannot discount Monty Williams. I mean, that's a that's a solid team. We'll see. I mean, can they can they beat the Lakers? Um, I mean, I think they can. But, you know, again, we'll see ultimately. I mean, LeBron, I think, is still a little bit gimpy. We'll see ultimately where he is health-wise. And, again, but I just don't think that the Lakers are ultimately going to repeat as champions. Your thoughts, where do you think the Lakers ultimately end up? Can they get past the Suns? Will they at least get to the NBA Finals? Can they ultimately repeat as NBA champions? Of course, you can hit me up via Twitter at BoxToRow, B-O-X-T-O-R-O-W, or on Facebook, B-O-X, the number two, R-O-W. Congratulations, Paul Pierce, Chris Bosch, Chris Weber, Ben Wallace, uh, right, Bobby Dandridge, right, Bobby D finally gets in to the Hall of Fame. I thought Bobby D is a guy, I mean, you look at the numbers, I mean, again, you know, I mean, I, I, the only one of the things that I can do when I when I when I research Bobby D is sort of go back and look at the numbers. I'm not a, if you've listened to the show for any amount of time, like I'm not necessarily a number guy numbers guy when it comes to pro sports. But if you go back and look at the numbers with Bobby D, 18.4 points per game, two championships, one with then Lou Alcindor in uh, that Milwaukee Bucks team, the other with the Washington Bullets. Elvin Hayes, uh, Wes Unselt, 
etc. Key to both of those victories, you take Bobby D or Bobby Dandridge off those teams. Those teams don't, in my estimation, don't win championships. He got in on the Veterans Committee, but I guess it's best to get in ultimately than not to be in at all. So we can talk more about that. We, I think Paul Pierce, to me, is definitely, I mean, he's definitely a Hall of Famer. I, I don't even think there's a question about that. I think Chris Bosh, he gets in, I guess, on what, the first ballot? I think Chris Bosh definitely should be in on the first ballot. Remember, before Miami, he was one of the best. He was one of the top 10 players when he was with Toronto. Just didn't, really didn't get the pub because he was with Toronto. Didn't have, you know, a very good team. And uh, ultimately, Chris Webber, yeah, you know, yeah. Okay, well, maybe. But again, you got to look at what these guys did in college as well, would count, which also counts as well. Up next, here on From the Press Box to Press Row, we're going to talk with Cypress Hill member, Send You're listening to From the Press Box to Press Row. From the Press Box to Press Row. Box to Box to Box to Box to Row. The old renaissance is the new renaissance. Standing on tradition while embracing the spirit of distinction. This is the Harlem Brewing Company. Uniquely crafted beer brewed to deliver a taste, a sound, and a feeling that can only be described in one way. Harlem style. So come and take a trip on the A-Train with our Harlem Sugar Hill Golden Ale and our Harlem Renaissance Whip Beer, the neighborhood original. Sponsored by Harlem Beer Distributing North Carolina. Served in total wine all over North Carolina. Fresh market in North Carolina and Virginia. Weaver Street Market in Raleigh, Durham, Carborough, and Hillsboro. You can also purchase in Durham at Zwelly's, Saltbox, Sam's Bottle Shop and Bull McCabe's and in Greensboro at Elm Street Lounge and Cooper's Ale House. Missed any of our shows? How about our conversations with some of the biggest names in sports and entertainment? Check out Box to Row podcast at boxtorow.com or on Apple Podcasts. The others pretend you're listening to the show that brings you up close and personal. Up close and personal. With the biggest names in sports and entertainment. Here's the man to bring it to you, Donald Ware. Let's continue here on Box to Row. We're joined by a gentleman, a legend. As a matter of fact, one of the members of the legendary Cypress Hill. You know, they've had, they've got so many great hits, so many great albums. As a matter of fact, nine albums to date have a 10th album coming out. You, one, of the, one of the songs in doing the research I'd, I'd forgotten about, which I think was their first song, was Funky Feel One, which was so dope. I got this one. This is the original album, Insane in the Membrane, right? This is the original wow. one that came out. The one and only Sendog joins us here yeah. on Box to Row. What's good, man? Everything's good, brother. You know, catching me at home, you know, just matching and relaxing, watching the kids play some catch and whatnot, you know, enjoying the downtime as it were. You got to make the best out of every situation, you know, but I'm good, bro. I'm glad I hope, uh, glad you are too, brother. Yeah, doing really good. So so you were in the baseball? Your, your kids are playing baseball? Yeah, well, you know, I'm Cuban, brother, so <laughs> yeah. we have no choice. We have to love baseball. So. <laughs> are you a so, good yeah, baseball you know, player? Yeah, man. Actually, I did. I did play a lot of baseball growing up. Uh, me and my brother Melo, man, we were a 
you know, one, two combo. He pitched. I was the catcher. And, you know, we were striking fools out every game. You know what I mean? And, uh, and for a minute, we thought, you know, we were we might have a career in baseball. You know, that's until uh, we met this uh, thing called hip hop. And, and that, that changed all of that around, you know? Man, that thing called hip hop is something serious. And we're going to talk uh, about that. So, I mean, I, you got to be a, you're a Dodgers fan, right? Correct. Yeah. Heck yeah. What about the Angels? Like, what, what about what about the Angels? You know, you know, the Angels are like, uh, how can I say, like a side girl. <laughs> <laughs> you represent you LA know, all the cool. time, though, right? Yeah, man. You know, they're cool and everything, except for their, you know, their actual title, the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim of California of Newport Beach. That one. <laughs> um, I, I like some of their players, but I've always been an LA guy. I was, I grew up in LA, and that's been my team. You know, when the Angels do well. You know, I'm right there rooting for them, for them, for them to go as far as they could. You know. Yeah. So I mean, I know you had to feel good last year with the Dodgers winning that elusive World Series championship. Yeah, for real, uh, it did. It did. It, you know, it was a complicated year all the way around, but you know, they they won it. They they picked up the chip. You know, and uh, and played some baseball. You know, uh, Bellinger and Mookie Betts and. And Jock Peterson, I mean, the outfield was just dumb. You're like, you can't even mess with that outfield <laughs> on so many levels. You know what I mean? And uh, they were just doing, they do what they had to do. They're stealing bases. They were making defensive plays. And I, I was watching the progression of that. And something hit me along the way. And I, something, I said to myself, I think these guys got a chance based on how they're playing baseball. You know what I mean? So definitely, yeah, uh, uh, I definitely was happy to see that, you know, uh, then bring home a championship to L.A. And, and Tommy Lasorda was still alive at the time. So I'm sure you got a chance to see that before you before he went to the, you know, meet the big Dodger in the sky. So um, it was it was pretty cool. Yeah, no, no question uh, about that. Interesting. So what what's the vibe like? It's been a year since Co- uh, in excess of now a year since Kobe Bryant's passing. What what is still the vibe like uh, like there in, in L.A.? Ah, uh, man, you know. It's it's not as heavy and as somber as it once was, when 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 it was fresh and it just happened, you know people you know you know grown men could not you know hold back their tears you know and all that, you know it's still a heavy thing for all of us in Los Angeles you know to deal with, I think for everybody around the world but more more so for us in L.A. because um, it felt like you lost your little brother or something like that, you know what I mean? It and you know that's the only way I could describe it. And um, I think I think that every time that the Lakers take the court and play basketball, you know, in the back of your head, you're going to be seeing Kobe streaking across that floor, slams back in the ball, and and those memories, those great memories that he gave us. And I don't think that will ever come a time when when the likes of Kobe Bryant will be forgotten by anyone in L.A. You know, I think his legend, what the legend, the legendary stuff that he pulled off, will you know, will pass on from generation to generation and people that saw him play, it'll be like you were there when Babe Ruth hit, you know, 600 or 700 home runs and you were in the audience. That's the, that's the way I look at it. I was there the day Kobe scored 81 points and, you know, you could just tell your grandkids about that kind of stuff, you know? Yeah. And um, just an incredible person. I had the honor of meeting him one day for, for about five or seven minutes, you know, but, you know, he gave me props and I, you know, I thanked him for making us, you know, helping LA become champions again. And uh, I kind of actually felt like I was in the midst of royalty 
by looking at the way he kept himself and everything. And I'm like, man, this dude looks like he's like a from some kind of royal family or something. <laughs> you know what I mean? But the man had class. And that's something that everybody in L.A. remembers, you know, when we talk about great champions and, you know, Magic Johnson and all that, you know, you're going to remember, you know, the man Kobe Bryant. Yeah. No, I mean, I think I think a lot of people, and we're, we're going to talk more about that. A lot of people are in, in the midst of royalty when they're in your presence and in, in Cypress Hill's presence. And we're going to talk, talk more about that. Last thought, Ken, un, as unbiased as you can be, Ken, yeah. will the Lakers repeat as champions? It doesn't look like it right now. I mean, just based on, the, you know, on, on injuries and, and what and what kind and what kind of product they're putting out there on the court? I think last year was a better year, you know, uh, as far as like injuries. And I think the nucleus of the team, um, I, you know, I think a couple of guys, you know, had got better, uh, different deals after the championship. And I think that nucleus, um, we could have held that together. Just one more year would have been better for everybody around. But you know, there's guys that took off back east and and whatnot, and guys that went to different teams. And I think uh, it's hard to duplicate what, what we did last year as a group to not get rid of me and bring in Sam and Sam fill in and do what I did. It's kind of a hard deal, you know, even though I understand LeBron, Davis and all those guys, but um, I, I don't think so. I don't think this year is going to be their year. I, I'm looking for, I'm looking to see someone else um, win the championship this year. That the voice of the incredible sin dog of the incredible Cypress Hill, who joins us here on box to row. So, in August, it will be have been 30 years since the release of your self-entitled album, Cypress wow. Hill, which was absolutely incredible. Did you think 30 years ago that you would you all would have had the success that you've had and still be doing this? No, not at all. I, I not at all, man. I, I thought for sure that. You know, we would uh, we'd be done by now. I'd, I'd have I'd have moved back to doing something else in music, or you know, until something else, just anything but music. You have to understand that when we when we came out back in the early '90s, there was no thing such as longevity. You know what I mean? No one had turned 20 years old in hip hop or anything like that. So you definitely saw it as something that we're that we're gonna do while we're young, and hopefully make a little bit of money at it. And, and then be able to move on to the next part of life. You know what I mean? And um, But here we are, you know, 30 years later, you know, we still demand an audience and whatnot, and people still come and, you know, and party out with us when we go live and all that stuff. So it's all been a, a, a major blessing. But, you know, to, to say, like, you know, if you would have told me back then that you guys are going to do at least 30 years, I'd have been like, man, this dude, you know, he must be on something because he's, you know, I would never, I don't think any of us would believe it. Um but the more we the more we went on and we went through a lot of highs and we went through a lot of lows as well. It wasn't like all all gravy all the time. You know what I mean? I remember, you know, specifically a, a time when the you know, the people didn't even know if Cypress Hill was together anymore. That's how that's how far off we had gone, you know, and we were all doing our own things and and not really taking care of the mothership. You know what I mean? But we raised that awareness, we brought it back up and, and the world knows that Cypress has been back, you know. And and just for me to be able to uh, take care of my family and take care of my, my, my mom and all that, my parents, and, and be able to, you know, raise families behind a hip-hop band is pretty incredible. You know, when I think about it now, because 
first of all, you gotta, it's got to take uh, some kind of uh, maturity to achieve that level. You just can't be the same young hothead that you were, you know, 30 years ago. Eventually that has to fade out and you have to become some kind of a respected businessman because without respect in this industry, you're nothing. No, yeah, no, go ahead. And, you I'm know, sorry. you have to learn how to become that businessman and, you know, and, and be on time for that meeting and, and all that stuff. There's a lot of things that go into play with it. You know, we've done every single thing that we did to, to get her to, to stay in the industry. When we started, we did whatever we could to, to get noticed. And once we got noticed, we did everything we could to get signed. And once we got signed, we did everything we could to get up there and, and, and get seen and be heard. And that still seems to be the mission in life, you know? Yeah. And, and so you, we're still at it. Yeah, you are. It, it, you guys, I mean, you guys have done things that nobody really, really has done. You, you brought up an interesting point. I want to I further expound on that because sometimes you have groups that, you, you know, you've gone on and done your own thing. All the guys have gone on and done their own thing. And sometimes it doesn't always work where you come back to what you alluded to, you know, as the mothership. Can you speak to that? Because at the end of the day, no matter what else you guys have done from a solo standpoint, you have always come back to Cypress Hill. Nine albums end in and a 10th on the way. Yeah, well, you know, with, with, with me being Send Dog, I'm going to get so far in life. You know what I mean? With me being Send Dog from Cypress Hill, you know, that opens up a lot of other extra doors, you know. And having that avenue, having that, that, that vehicle, if you will, of a Cypress Hill, that allows us the luxury of going out there and doing our own thing when we want to. Not everything that I record is going to fit a Cypress Hill format and vice versa for the other guys you know what i mean so um i think when i first when i first stepped off for the band uh, uh back in the er in the mid 90s and i didn't mean to but i started fronting uh like a punk band kind of like a punk metal band and when i came back to cypress hill they were like man he's a different dude man whoever he's been jamming with has been good for him you know what i mean so 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 it became like an open door policy like you know you could go go do your own thing or jam with who you want to jam with but you know you always got to come back to cyprus and every time we do that i think there's new energies involved and there's new musical concepts and theories and and whatnot you know and we start and we and we discuss things out more you know what i mean like hey man when i was over there i tried this thing with so and so and so and so Maybe we could, did, you know, we tried this and that here, blah, blah, blah. So it opens up the doors to a lot of opportunities for an even bigger Cypress Hill, you know, because now we're talking about experienced musicians all coming together. You know, before it was just, um, it was just, uh, okay, you guys do your rap parts. You guys can leave now. You know what I mean? Now we're talking about, you know, we are, we know what we want to hear. We know what we like to hear. And, you know, I could produce you a record like anybody else can produce you a record. It's just, I'd just rather be a front man. You know, no question about it. Hold the line for me one second. Send dog. We're talking with send dog of Cypress Hill here on from the press box to press row. We're going to take a small pause for the cause. Come back. Talk more with send dog. Boxtero.com is your source for conversations with and content on some of the biggest names in sports, HBCU sports, and entertainment. Boxtero.com. 
You're listening to From the Press Box to Press Row. That is the voice of Kevin Durant. I'm excited I get to play for They support us in everything we do. You know, it's a joy to, you know, go to work and, and know that you're going to be, uh, you know, they're going to cheer for you as loud as they can no matter who you're playing. Bubba Wallace. They feel like I am throwing a race into the context here and it's not about race he's a driver at the end of the day everybody's making it about race it's all about the headlines these days not me saying like yep i'm the black guy here you're gonna not stop hearing about me it was more along the lines of the fans like hey it's cool i've been dealing with that for, for a while he's spike lee thank you i haven't heard that i mean i've been on rails all over the nation thank you for that question i'm a third generation morehouse man i was taught to speak your truth and that there's very special about being a Morehouse man, the same way you feel about your school, the same way we feel all about our respective historic black colleges. That would have been my first choice anyway, and I'm proud to be a Morehouse man. I'm talking about none other than Serena Williams. That was definitely one of the better matches I've ever played. I've had it just like that. You know, I was really focused, just really, you know, excited. That is the voice of Steph Curry. Your progress from Davidson to now with Golden State. Where I've come from in high school into a small D1 college at Davidson. Uh, it's a great story, and uh, I'm just having fun, you know, living my dream and riding the ride. Ron Rivera, you know, a great player. Did you see yourself as a coach? I've been told a lot of times by a lot of people, boy, you know, you're kind of like a coach on the field. I always felt at some point, yeah, I'd probably get into coaching. It all started because of my son wanting to play football. The one and only Michael Strahan. Always good to talk to you. Hopefully next time it won't be, what, 14 years. You get to <laughs> people to be better and do better and, and that's what i love man so thank you i appreciate you i'm talking about none other than common well i ended up with sam just because i wanted to major in business and sam you had the illustrious school of business then i found out that business was the key that's what i wanted to do dave roberts manager of the la dodgers to be person of color and be the manager of the dodgers what does that mean to you? well i think the first thing that comes to me is responsibility with recency and, and kind of the social, the racial issues that we're having that really come to light, which is, I believe, are good things. I think that it's a responsibility for me to be the first manager of color for the Dodgers. There's not many of us in baseball. To do things the right way, to hopefully give others, other people of color, opportunities. Hopefully it just paves the way. So I think that for me, I, I definitely look at it as responsibility, but something I'm willing to undertake. Omari Hartwick. And it's crazy that you say that. I got one of your colleagues and one of your contemporaries and that being Stephen A. He hit me about three weeks ago and he texted me and he said, oh, how did I miss this one? But it's equally been a beautiful thing for me to see how much you guys who work in sport are fans of me. But for you to like it as much as Stephen A. said he liked it and all within the last three weeks, you both are commenting on it. I'm in good company. We're, we're HBCU guys, you know. I know I'm in good well, company. Of course, bro. <laughs> Shout outs to Howard University. NBA All-Star Chris Paul. That was great to bring it back to one Salem State University, a uh, black college. Something that my city had never seen before, may never see again. And just having a up close and personal feeling with LeBron James, Kevin Durant, Melodes. It was exciting. I'm grateful for those guys coming out. She's Simone Biles. Ashley was really fun. Like, to be honest, me and Allie had a lot of fun. We were like, oh, of course, like, we're in the best shape of our lives. We're feeling confident about our body, and we hope that other young girls and women, like, feel that being strong is so beautiful. So that's what we kind of try to do. Greatest football player to ever play, Jim Brown. Muhammad Ali was a principal person in the country at the time and he stood up and said that he was not going to the service because it was against his religion. Mm -hmm. All the top black athletes together along with Carl Stoke, the first black mayor of a major city. So 
I'm glad you brought that particular incident up. Snoop Dogg is on the mic. Pay attention. Oh, man, thank you for having me play in a real way. I mean, I'm so honest. Snoop, you football league has done so many wonders. We got over 200 kids that have graduated from high school. We have over 50 kids that have grown to Division One. Kyrie Irving. Playing at Duke for Coach K. What was that like and how that prepared you for the league now? Playing 11 games, you know, a lot of people think that's not a you know, big package for you to become a better player, but for me it was. Playing for Coach K, he gave me the keys to the car, and I was driving it in first eight games, and you know, being a part of something special like that, and having the brotherhood built at an institution such as that one is an experience that you never forget. Ice Cube has been our guest. Hey man, thanks for letting me talk a little music, movies, and sports. Hey, my favorite three topics. From the press box to press row is the sports talk show that is the voice and the talk of HBCU sports, with a flair for pro sports talk and entertainment. Check the show out online at www.boxtorow.com. That's from the press box to press row. Real. Relevant. Radio. Right here. What up, what up? Yo, 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 yo. Okay, KKK. Continuing our conversation with the one and only Sin Dog of Cypress Hill. Right here on From the Press Box to Press Row. You know, what's interesting, I, I ask artists this all the time, particularly ones that I think, artists, groups, etc., that I think should be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. And I think about Cypress Hill, and I think about when you guys first came out. I think about your longevity. I think about the 20-plus million albums you've sold. I think about the genres of music you've crossed over to, hip-hop, reggae, rock, heavy metal, etc. Is that something... Is that some, I mean, it's not the end all be all, but, it, but is that something that I don't, I don't want to say bothers you, but I mean, like, I feel like Cypress Hill by this time should be in the rock and roll hall of fame. You know, man, uh, I, I thank you for saying that. I appreciate that, man. I really do. And it's not something that I go about thinking about every day. You know, I really don't. I, um, it took, it took, uh, one of my favorite bands kiss, it took them 40 years to get accepted. So, you know, if we're, if, we're going, if, we're, if we're judging it based on something like that, then, you know, who knows what could happen? I know that we have, you know, the, we have a lot of history. We have a lot of sales and all that stuff. And it just, it, it's all about when, you know, it's your turn, it's your turn. And it's not when it's not. A, and I kind of look at it when, you know, the Hollywood Walk of Fame approached us. And that, and that kind of like was very cool and everything. We weren't accept, expecting it which made it even better. So um, it doesn't bother me in, in a sense of like, you know, we're not in the Hall of Fame, you know, oh, woe is me. You know what I mean? The day, if, if it were to happen, I'd be the happiest dude on earth, you know, but until then, it ain't going to disrupt my groove or nothing like that. I know there's still, there's a bunch of musicians, you know, older heads than me that have put work in longer than me that still haven't seen that, that stage. So, you know what I mean? I'm here. I'm here. I'm good. You know, we're still doing Cypress. And, and if it comes, it comes. And if it don't, we're just going to keep on trucking. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, I think it's I think it's I, I mean, that's a great that's a great attitude to have. No question about it. The, your versatility. Let me get back to the versatility, because, I mean, you guys have been so versatile to the point. I forget which album it was. You had a double CD. One was hip hop. The other was heavy metal. I mean, who like that's my point. Like you're the essence of what the. Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, like who does that? You know what I mean? Like that type of thing. That aside, speak to to that, the longevity, but also the different genres of music that you all have produced. 
Yeah, well, that that goes the the different you know genres, the genre skipping as I like to call it. I think that just goes back to like us as kids and young young children or whatever, and all of us in our three different lives, me, Mugs, and Be Real, we all came from a musical family in one way or another, and and music was always around me. My dad never turned the radio off. You know, it seemed like he always had something going. You know, and um, as a kid, I remember liking you know, Parliament Funkadelic, like a lot. But at the same time, I like Kiss a lot. And I like, uh, you know, Bob Marley a lot, <laughs> you know. And, and you know, at the same time, I used to listen to Celia Cruz and Tito Puente and all kind of stuff. So I was never scared of a, of a style of music. I was always open to listen to anything and everything. And when we when we opened up the Cypress Hill to, to different styles of music, I thought that was the best thing that we could have done ever in our careers because, I mean, without that, we wouldn't have had a, you know, a rock superstar, you know, you know, we wouldn't have had a certain, some certain material that we came up with, you know, and you have to be willing to take on that challenge. And I've noticed that a lot of my favorite artists, and I'm talking a lot of, like a lot of, uh, you know, Hall of Famers, you know, guys like Prince, Prince would change his musical style almost every album and expect you as the artist to keep up with him. You know what I mean? So he, he was trying to get you to please him, not him please you. You know what I mean? So I kind of saw that as like, that's very challenging. And I, and I love the way that, you know, people could go out of their own genre and create, bring their genre into another genre and it still sound like that artist, you know? And, that, and, and therein was the challenge of how do we go and make a Spanish album not being predominantly Spanish speakers? Because... We're Latino kids and everything, but we grew up in our families talking Spanglish, you know what I mean? And mostly English, but a little bit of Spanglish or whatever. And so you you can't be scared of that. You have to just go for it and see what happens. And what happened was the, the South American public really responded well to that record. And you have to just go out there and do things and, and try things and be creative with other people that are in the same industry as you are. They just do it differently you know what i mean and i think that um i think i think that sets us apart and that brings me you know um every every year we do this thing called dime bashing in so in southern california and it's in honor of dime back daryl from pantera and um and i get to jam with a lot of my favorite heavy metal bands you know of, of today you know and i go up there and i jam and i don't think that all those opportunities would not have been brought to me if I didn't show beforehand that I was open to other genres and other, you know, ways of delivering, you know, vocals, you know, and whatnot. So I definitely think that that definitely helped with the longevity. You know, I think people got a real, a real charge out of that because you never know what Cypress Hill is going to do next. You know, we want to keep people on their feet like that, you know. Yes, and you bring up an interesting point. Sin Dog of Cypress Hill joins us here on the program. So the Cypress Hill album supposed to be out, you know, this year at, at some point. What can we expect? No, actually, we're going to go early next year with it. Okay. And uh, I think we're going to release maybe another song, maybe two more songs beforehand, um, and then go ahead and dump the record out next year. Um, and this one, I think it's like... Um, you know, this is this is grown folks rap. You know what I mean? This, this ain't no little kid rap. You know what I mean? You ain't gonna. We're not doing that here. You know what I mean? We're this is true hip hop. You know what I mean? We we paid 
we've earned our, our stripes. We've paid our dues over and over again. And, you know, we know what we're talking about as men, you know what I'm saying? And, uh, and we want to deliver that, you know what I'm saying? So this record here, I think has one of the, you know, the, the uh, one of the purest messages um, as, as an overall album, I think the, the delivery and the messages that we, that we put into our music um, is just overwhelmingly, you know, that's just the right thing to do, the right way to live type of deal. You know what I mean? Yeah, we still get, you know, we're still getting stoned on our, you know, on our records and, and in real life and all that. We haven't switched over to angels. You know, we're just, you know, we're mature men, man. We know what we're doing. So what's what's going on with what SX10 and Powerflow? Those are your your groups. What's what's happening with them currently? Yeah, well, Powerflow just uh, finished it. We just I just got through doing uh, vocals for, my, for the second album. And uh, we're in the process of doing drums right now as I'm talking to you. They're in the studio right now recording. So, um, and then we go into mastering and we want to get that record out, you know, in the fall. So that's all done. I'm, I'm kind of hyped up about it because um, I, I think I've done some really good work on there, you know. And um, and then we're, we're, on a, we're on a little label called Damage, uh, Damage Plan out of, out of Toronto, Canada. So that's what's up with that. And then SX10. I'm still friends with the guys, you know what I mean? We never officially broke up. We just kind of always like, just like stopped doing it and got into our own things, you know? Um, but I, I'm still friends with them. You know, I still talk to them, um, but we haven't, we haven't played together in quite some time. And that's where, you know, that's where I'll leave that at. Yeah. Well, again, the one and only Sin Dog of Cypress Hill joins us here on Box to Row with the Radio Boss. You heard him say the Cypress Hill album will be out next year, but a couple more singles this year. Uh, or a couple of singles yeah. this year. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. And what can we expect from those, th those singles? Are, are they going to be, I mean, you all, you guys just do the whole gamut. So is it going to be, you know, I mean, obviously we're, there's a lot of social consciousness going on right now. I mean, what, what can we expect maybe from, from the new music to be released at some point this year? Yeah, I think it's, I think it's more, it's more uh, on, uh, on some straight, you know, on some straight hip hop. It's not like a, you know, there's a lot of different styles of hip hop now, but I think that we, I think that my era, you know, the, the of that '90s era was was the, the best era, and I think that we, the way that we represented was the way it should be represented. And um, not that we're trying to bring it back or anything like that, because that was back then. Because you know, now we're just trying to stay, we're just trying to keep an edge on us. You know what I mean? And stay vocal and stay, you know, um, you know, talking about things that matter. You know, without giving up too much. I mean, we have one song out already called Champion Sound. I don't know if you heard it, but it's pretty dope. And we did a deal with Major League Baseball for that one. Nice. Um, so um, I think on the rest of the record, it's just more, it's more of a of a positivity, man. Let's, let's get back to positivity. You know, let's get back to, you know, you know, people being people being one people. There's a lot of division um, in, in today's society. You know what I mean? And I, I know not everybody's down with that. So, you know, I, we want to want to keep stay positive minded. You know, we don't we don't want to do we don't want to see divided places. You see, we want to see, you know, you know, harmonic places, you know, that, that kind of thing. And we have to deliver those kind of messages and come together on on uh, on the sound of it all. First of all, is is uh, I think it's modern day, you know, you know, grown folks, hip hop, <laughs> you know. Right, and I'm here for it. Sin Dog of Cypress Hill joins us here on Box to Row. Got a lot going on. Uh, Sin Dog, really appreciate you doing this. Continued success in all you do.
Right on, brother. Thank you, man. Really enjoyed that conversation with Sindog of Cypress Hill here on the program. If you want to react to anything that Sindog had to say, whether it was about Cypress Hill not being in the Hall of Fame, the new music, uh, his thoughts on the Dodgers winning the championship last year, whether it's uh, about uh, the Lakers. He says that he doesn't think the Lakers can defend their NBA championship, which I happen to agree with him. Hit us up via Twitter at BoxToRow, B-O-X-T-O-R-O-W, or on Facebook, B-O-X, the number two, R-O-W. You know, I, I think, and like I said, I ask artists, groups, this quite a bit. You know, I look at a Dion Warwick who was up for the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame for the first time uh, this year, did not ultimately get in, which I, I think she should be. If you look at the history of her work, especially when you're talking about first coming out, really, and coming out strong, like in the early 60s, had been doing it since, you know, the late 50s. I mean, I think ultimately she should be in there are a lot others a, a lot others a, a lot of other groups and and artists that i think ultimately uh, should be it is not the end all be all but it is where a lot of people think that okay if you're in the rock and roll hall of fame you've really done something in your career and i think that Cypress Hill is right there, but I think he brings up a good point. He says, you know, if Kiss, it took them however long, you know, not in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, then why should we think we should be in all in good time? And, I mean, I think that is, I mean, I, I agree with that. I mean, I think that's the way to look at it. But I think they ultimately will be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. We've got more from the press box to press row on the other side. On last week's From the Press Box to Press Row with Donald Ware. Troy Weaver is the general manager of the Detroit Pistons. What do you remember about your time at Bowie State University? Wow. Going to HBCU's tremendous opportunity to grow as a person. But a lot of professors there that poured into you inspired me to be the best version of myself. And I think that's the secret sauce in HBCUs, uh, the professors and the environment that you get, the belief, the self-belief that you get to be the best version of yourself. So I'm forever grateful for that experience. From the press box to press row is one of the hottest sports talk shows in the country. Join Donald each week as he takes you on a journey through the world of HBCU sports and pro sports and interviews with top sports and entertainment figures. That's from the press box to press row each week on your favorite station. It's Donald Ware from the Press Box to Press Row. We're back here on Box to Row. Sendog of Cypress Hill joining us in the last couple of segments. If you want to react to anything that he had to say, hit me up via Twitter at Box to Row, B-O-X-T-O-R-O-W. Or on Facebook, B-O-X, the number two, R-O-W, the NBA playoffs begin on Saturday. And and again, I have to say, man, I really enjoyed the play-in scenario. It, it was very, very enjoyable. I mean, obviously, as a Wizards fan, like, 
The Wizards just didn't get it done on Wednesday. It was actually disappointing the way that the Wizards played against the Celtics, but as or that was Tuesday, but as disappointing as things were for the Wizards on Tuesday, <clears throat> they were on the way, way opposite end of the spectrum on Thursday with the big win over Indiana and the Wizards put themselves in a position and that's what that's the beauty of the play in you get in that that seven eight situation it allows for you 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 get rewarded right so you if you don't win that game to secure the seven spot outright you have another opportunity to play the winner of the nine ten and the Wizards, I mean, went on an incredible run since the beginning of April to even put themselves in this position. Now, the reward for beating Indiana is that you now have to face number one Philadelphia. I think either way, like, of course, you you want you want to win against the Celtics. Ultimately, Washington did not get it done. I don't think it matters whether you play the Celtics. Uh, or Brooklyn. I mean, I, I happen to think actually that Brooklyn ultimately will represent the Eastern Conference. So I, I, I don't know. I probably would. Um, well, this is the other thing about that. I mean, generally speaking, I probably as a team and not just the Wizards would want to face Philadelphia opposed to the Nets. But if you're Washington, you beat the Nets twice at least one of those times, the team was at full strength. All three, the big three, Kevin Durant, James Harden, Kyrie Irving, all there. But the Wizards 0-4 against Philadelphia. Although, uh, the, the I think it was the first game of the season, like I watched the game. I mean, you know, they I think all three of the games were pretty, pretty close. And in one of the games, Bradley Beal dropped 60. On the 76ers. So, I mean, it's it's six of one, half a dozen of the other. But all of those, and I watched the game on Tuesday. I watched the loss against the Celtics. I mean, for me, it was one bad game for Bradley Beal. For every, excuse me, one bad game for Russell Westbrook. For everybody else, the sky was falling. Oh, they they lavished all of this praise on on Westbrook over the last couple of weeks, averaging the triple-double, getting the triple-doubles, breaking Oscar Roberts' record for triple-doubles. Couldn't have gotten more praise for Russell Westbrook. As soon as he doesn't have a good game, you go back to bashing Russell Westbrook. Well, guess what? Russell Westbrook showed everybody a little bit of something in the victory for the Wizards, because, <clears throat> excuse me, for Westbrook, I mean, you know, Bradley Beal actually played well. He's still a little gimpy from that hamstring, but he played well. And then other guys like Davis Bertans still not playing well. He hit a couple of threes when the game was sort of out of hand, but at the same time, it was like maybe like a 20 point lead and teams can come back from a 20 point lead. So you, you know, you need all the points you can get. And ultimately, the Wizards built up, I think, as much as a 35-point lead 
against Indiana, which was surprising. Now, Indiana was down some players, but it was the same Indiana team that blew Charlotte away on Tuesday. So, uh, you know, listen, everybody's lavishing praise now on Westbrook. He can't even have one bad game, and then he comes back, has a great game, and now everybody's praising him. He's only two rebounds short of a triple-double. So, I mean, just absolutely phenomenal. And uh, we're looking forward. Like, I don't – I think – I think the Wizards – it's hard to say the Wizards have a shot, right? You lose to a team three times. But I think if you're the Wizards, you play freely. You don't really have an answer per se for Joel Embiid, although they didn't have an answer for Joel Embiid in the regular season and 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 played a couple of the games at least relatively close. Uh, it's a center by committee situation for Washington, but when you have Bradley Bill and you have Russell Westbrook you have an opportunity. You got to get scoring from somewhere else. Ish Smith has done a pretty good job. I mean, they, they've got some guys. I mean, Lopez comes in, does a, a decent job. But a guy like a Bertans, who's a catch-and-shoot three-pointer, you're paying him $16 million. That's his specialty. He's an awful defender. Uh, but you're not paying him to defend. You're paying him to make threes. And, Boy, I tell you, if he can if he can knock some threes down, then you just never know ultimately what could happen. Bucks Heat, uh, game one on uh, on of course a Saturday, and in this matchup, like I like the Bucks. I don't think the Heat can defend their Eastern Conference crown this year. Uh, the Bucks are on a mission, and I think we saw the Bucks sort of up and down a little bit, but to to end the season. The Bucks were up on a high note. Ante DeCoupo, I think, has done a much better job of, in terms of shooting from outside, knocking down some threes. So you're not just going to be able to play him. And, and, and I think what teams have done against him in the playoffs in the last couple of years, they've been able to stop him from even driving to the hole also, stopping him from being dominating down low. He's going to have to assert himself a little bit more. But I think with Drew Holiday, that's a key. That's going to be a key because he can knock down shots. He can drive to the hole. He can kick it out. Uh, you know, Middleton, I think, is going to be sharp. That's a good team. I, I really like the Bucks in this series. Clippers and the Mavericks. The Mavericks have really come on. Remember, the Mavericks looked like at one point in the season it could be in a playoff scenario, maybe going back a couple of months ago. The Clippers have been up and down. Like, I don't know what to make of the Clippers, but I think – you know, Paul George is obviously going to be key. Um, I, you know, Ty Lue, I think, is a wild card. He's won a championship. You can say, well, it was with, you know, he was coaching LeBron. You could say that all, all you want. But at the end of the day, he has that championship pedigree. And I think the Clippers ultimately win this series. Matter of fact, I think the Clippers win this series like four games to one. I, I a couple of weeks ago, thought the Clippers were the team to beat. I don't know that. But, uh, again, I. I don't the Lakers to me aren't the team to beat, but then to me in the West, there is no true team to beat. So, I mean, I like the Clippers in that series. Nets and Celtics. Uh yeah, the Celtics played great against the Wizards on Tuesday, but the Celtics hadn't played great. No Jalen Brown. I think that really hurts. You know, Jason Tatum, uh, phenomenal player, 50 points in the game against the Wizards. But who else is gonna step up? Kimball Walker's gotta be able to step up. 
Uh, some of the other guys have actually played pretty decent, but I, you know, just not enough firepower to be able to defeat the Nets. The Nets are just absolutely incredible. And then, uh, especially with the big three, they will be. I shouldn't say, but they will be, right? I mean, those guys can just just talent alone. And then the nugget, the Nuggets and the Trailblazers. This is a very tough series to call. I think ultimately, Damian Lillard is going to be the key in this series. He's going to be the one because it's such a tough series to call. Uh, You know, not having Jamal Murray really is going to hurt the Nuggets, even though I think they're good. But I think ultimately this is a seven-game series, one in which Dame, uh, he's already stepped up. We know what he can do. But I think he's going to be the ultimate difference maker in the Nuggets uh, are in the Trailblazers winning that series. Talked about the Wizards and the 76ers. That's the game to lead off on Sunday, the Lakers and the Suns. Man, I, this is a tough series to call also because, I, I, you know, for me, again, the Lakers did what the Lakers had to do against Golden State on Wednesday. Uh, how healthy is LeBron? That's the question. Uh, the Suns have been really, really good. Devin Booker, uh, you know, I mean, obviously Chris Paul's got the experience. Um, but is that enough, right? I don't know if that's enough to be able to beat the Lakers and what the Lakers have. Uh, you know, who's going to be able to check AD? That That's a big question. I, you know, I, I, I am going to pick the Lakers in this series ultimately, all right? But I, you know, it, I think it, I, it's a tough series to call. Uh, I, you know, again, I don't like the Lakers to win it all, but I think they can get past the Suns, the Knicks, and the Hawks. I like the Hawks in this series. Uh, the Knicks have been, a, like I mentioned earlier, tremendous story. Uh, good team, but I think the story is better. Uh, I, I like the Hawks. The Hawks have, to me, more talent than do the Knicks, and I think ultimately that talent is going to outshine the Knicks in a six or seven game series. So those are my thoughts on the respective series. Your thoughts hit me up via Twitter at box to row B O X T O R O W or on Facebook B O X the number two R O W. Again, we mentioned the Naismith hall of famers. Uh, congratulations to Ben Wallace, four time defensive player, of the year really I mean was a dominant defensive player and he's he becomes the first undrafted player to be inducted into the Naismith Hall of Fame came out of Virginia Union uh just worked hard remember initially was with the the then Washington Bullets now Washington Wizards just worked hard worked on his game uh, I mean, he, he he had some offense from, from time to time. I mean, he, he was a guy that could go get it, a high flyer and all that. But defense was his staple. And his defense ultimately helped lead the Pistons to the NBA championship in 2004. So congratulations to Ben Wallace. Got to get ready to run here. I'm from the press box to press row. Thank you to Send Dog of Cypress Hill for joining us on the program. Great content can be found on our website if you've missed any of our shows over the years, et cetera, at boxtorow.com. And always remember to support those that support 
Yo, from the press box to press row is presented by DW Communications. Cha 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 to the smarty cry. I'm the toughest female that you've heard thus far. And I do get better, the voice gets wetter. Nobody gets hurt as long as you let her do my thing with an 89 swing.